Did you hear what I heard? Do you remember learning in the early months of the COVID-19 pandemic how the virus would survive in the air for two to three hours? If you were a bird or a fluffed out milkweed seed, how far could you travel on a gentle breeze in two or three hours? I personally have always thought a six foot space between me and someone else would do little to nothing to keep the virus away unless I had the wind at my back and no one behind me. So ignore the naysayers and wear your mask. They will in time become a fashion statement. Build a wardrobe of them. We may need them again. I'd love to see one, preferably red, emblazoned with the slogan, Make America Well Again. It does no good to whine about how this infectious microbe jumped into our social gatherings. No one invited Mr. COVID to your cocktail party. He just arrived, forcefully squeezing in through the door because he had nowhere else to go. We have treated the wild habitats of animals shabbily, shrinking their home turf and pressing up close against them like a drunk at the party. And maybe we are drunk on hubris and sated on ignorance. Only the keenest of infectious disease scientists among us remained alert, worrying and preparing for a microbial leap. In COVID-19's case, that leap was presumed to be from bat to pig to human. Although there is quite a lot of media coverage of the loss of wild animal habitats around the globe, I suspect most of us are so focused on earning a living and reaching for our dreams that we didn't realize how microbes were being corralled and constricted along with the wild animals of the world. And then, as we pressed in all around them, one microbe popped out to migrate onto a new human host. We called it Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, or SARS-CoV-2, the pathogen that causes the disease we refer to now as COVID-19. It was off and running, and we were stunned and hiding. Hi, I'm Mark Timmon, the Healthy Geezer. I have a master's degree in clinical nutrition, and I've been studying the nutrition and biochemistry behind health and disease for over 49 years. If you want to know how to build better health and protect yourself against disease, then this is the place for you. Welcome to the Healthy Geezer podcast. This is episode three, Protect Yourself Against COVID-19, part one. We may wish the COVID-19 pandemic weren't real. The mystery of it has birthed some conspiracy theories, both outlandish and plausible. Unfortunately, too many people have bought into a few of them to their great peril. But facts are facts, fantasy is still fantasy, and inside you, chemistry is still chemistry. Let's look at what can be done behind our masks to help minimize the risk that our bodies will suffer from a COVID-19 infection. If it should come crawling up our noses or streaming down our windpipes or sneaking in through our tear ducts. But first, we should know what we are up against. COVID-19 was quickly branded as a respiratory virus akin to its cousins, the common cold, pneumonia, and influenza. It certainly looked to be a respiratory virus, given all the patients who landed in intensive care units intubated with ventilators. Lungs are COVID-19's primary target, but just as quickly it became evident that our new coronavirus was indeed novel. It has effects far beyond the respiratory system, with a capability to reach nearly every organ and tissue in the body. Coronaviruses are a large family that can infect animals and humans, causing respiratory diseases often with gastrointestinal, liver, and neurologic involvement on the side. 
COVID-19 has added more tissues to the list. What has been found is alarming. The pathogen has been discovered, as expected, in the lungs, liver, and gastrointestinal tract, with a minor presence in parts of the brain as well as in the kidneys, spleen, and in the cells that line the blood vessels. That is especially alarming because inflammation generated by the body's immune response to the virus raises the risk of constricted blood vessels. That could reduce blood flow to tissues just at the time when maximum amounts of oxygen, nutrients, and antioxidants are required to feed and support the fight against the invader. Among the lasting effects of a COVID-19 infection, survivors mention the expected shortness of breath and fatigue, but the unusually extended recovery time and persistent forgetfulness and cognitive decline, long after inflammation had subsided, demanded an investigation. So autopsies of deceased patients have been performed. There were some surprises. Whereas the virus and its inflammation were expected in the brain, neither inflammation nor high levels of the virus have been found on autopsy. Instead, widespread clotting in many organs, including the brain, was the unexpected finding. There was evidence that the formation of blood clots and resulting oxygen deprivation of the brain may start early in the disease process. Indeed, highly unusual microclots have been found in numerous autopsied lungs of COVID-19 patients and in the heart, kidney, and liver, leading researchers to suggest that the clots are a major cause of the multiple organ failures seen in COVID-19 patients. After those clots form, they block blood flow in the affected organ, causing damage or organ failure. How those clots form adds an air of mystery to the progression of and the risks involved in COVID-19. The culprits are megakaryocytes. They are found in uncharacteristically high numbers in disease-affected tissues. This is significant because megakaryocytes are large specialized cells that produce blood platelets. Platelets are tiny, clear blood cells that carry out many functions related to wound healing. Three of the most significant functions are, one, to secrete biochemicals that constrict blood vessels to limit or shut off the blood flow from broken blood vessels, two, to form temporary plugs of clumped platelet cells to stop bleeding, and three, to secrete clotting factors to slow or stop blood flow. But here's the mystery. If you were a medical student, you would learn. Students, platelets are produced in the bone marrow, the same as red cells and most of the white blood cells. Platelets are produced from very large bone marrow cells called megakaryocytes. As megakaryocytes develop into giant cells, they undergo a process of fragmentation that results in the release of over 1,000 platelets per megakaryocyte. A few megakaryocytes also cruise through the peripheral blood and languish in soft tissues. So why have autopsies found large numbers of megakaryocytes in damaged and failed organs of COVID victims? It turns out the COVID-19 virus infects megakaryocytes and stimulates them to greater activity. They multiply and spit out large numbers of platelet cells when COVID-19 tells them what to do. So now we know where all those stifling, potentially deadly blood clots came from in each of the organs affected by COVID-19. In COVID-19 survivors where, as we now know, 
brain inflammation and viral infiltration is minimal, 22% report some type of mental impairment. The presence of microclots and the areas of dead tissue around them are now the lead suspects. When brain cells die, a memory may disappear, a skill may be lost, or cognition may be impaired. Depending on how far-reaching the damage is, recovery may range from complete to non-existent. The microclots represent a significant and potentially deadly effect of COVID-19, but they may be prevented by proper dietary supplementation either before or at the very first signs of a COVID-19 infection. Fibrinolytic enzymes can be part of the supplement protocol. These include seratiopeptidase, aka serapeptase, natokinase, lumbrokinase, and bromelain. These enzymes break down the insoluble protein fibrin that is formed during the clotting of blood. Fibrin, acting like sticks floating down a stream, collects at the site of a burgeoning blood clot to form a screen-like mesh that impedes the flow of blood. Two of the most renowned supplements to lower the likelihood of random blood clot formation are the omega-3 oils EPA and DHA. I recommend at least 2 grams of EPA matched to at least 1 gram of DHA per day at all times. The 2 gram and 1 gram dosages of EPA and DHA cited for protection is a good daily dose that may be increased by 50% if one tests positive for COVID-19. These two lipids alter the chemistry of platelet cell membranes to make them less able to clump together or stick to blood vessel walls. Once a platelet adheres to the vessel wall, it begins to secrete its blood clotting and healing factors. So, if we can supply enough EPA and DHA to keep the platelets slippery, the risk of microclot formation drops significantly. Boosting the level of fibrinolytic enzymes in circulation further reduces the likelihood of microclots by inhibiting the collection of microscopic beaver dams made of fibrin on top of the clump blood platelets. I suggest Arthur Andrews Medical as a preferred brand of fibrolytic enzymes. Ginkgo biloba extract at about 240 milligrams per day works through different biochemical pathways to lower the risk of random blood clots. It contains terpene lactones, which dilate blood vessels to help improve circulation and reduce the stickiness of platelets. It is a valuable adjunct to the omega-3 oils and fibrinolytic enzymes in a plan to protect against COVID-19's microclots. Of course, blood clots in arteries serving the heart carry a lethal risk. Although a microclot may not kill instantly, the formation of larger clots inside the upper chambers of the heart, the atria, can easily result in a heart attack. COVID-19 is now implicated in raising that risk, too. Additional accumulating data on COVID-19's effects indicate that heart patients susceptible to arrhythmia experience an exacerbation of the condition, even if they are fitted with a pacemaker. A supplement program of 4 grams of the amino acid taurine, at least 500 to 600 milligrams of elemental magnesium from magnesium orotate, magnesium aspartate, or magnesium taurinate, plus 50 milligrams of coenzyme Q10 twice a day in morning and evening divided dosages, may help restore normal heart rhythm. If COVID-19 sends a heart off to the races, all of these supplements can be used to remove the risk of blood clot formation during the illness. Use them, however, under the full consent of a knowledgeable physician, if you can find one, or a naturopathic doctor, 
for they will thin the blood, the supplements, not the doctors. The risk of leakage from blood vessels is increased by the omega-3 fatty acids and ginkgo biloba, so additional fortification is needed. Since we don't want our protection from microclots to raise the risk of a stroke, steps should be taken to strengthen all blood vessels. It is easy to do. A few key micronutrients can create strong collagen bonds between every cell in your arteries and blood vessels. You see, collagen is the connective protein that glues one cell to another to form tissues, the walls of tiny capillaries that deliver oxygen and nutrients to every corner of your body, and that will leak if you stick your finger with a pin while sewing, are just one cell thick. One cell is butted up against the other and attached with a thin band of collagen. You've heard of scurvy, the vitamin C deficiency? In scurvy, that collagen bond begins to weaken due to the lack of vitamin C. First, the capillaries begin to leak, then hemorrhage, and eventually, internal organs begin to disintegrate. Have you ever drawn blood with your toothbrush seemingly by accident? That shouldn't happen. It is usually a sign of suboptimal vitamin C nutrition. The fact is, vitamin C from fruits and berries, and inexpensive supplement tablets, is absolutely critical to keeping your arteries and veins strong. Of course, dietary protein, zinc, and calcium are also needed for the synthesis of collagen, and polyphenols called condensed tannins from plants can tighten up or condense collagen bonds even more. Therefore, to maintain the integrity of blood vessels, I recommend concomitant use of vitamin C, 500 to 3,000 milligrams per day, zinc, 15 milligrams per day, and 500 milligrams of calcium from hydroxyapatite, citrate, or Krebs cycle. I like to add grapeseed extract, 50 to 150 milligrams, for its special group of condensed tannins. Vitamin C, zinc, and grapeseed extract are not only needed for vascular integrity, they are also direct and indirect antioxidants. Find out just how important antioxidants and anti-inflammatories are to combat COVID-19 in Episode 4, Protect Yourself Against COVID-19, Part 2. But now I want to tell you how zinc and polyphenols work together to frustrate and kill viruses. It has to do with a broad class of plant polyphenols serving as ionophores for zinc. Wait, what? Ionophore? That may sound like Greek to you, but ionophore is only a new scientific word first used in 1955. An ionophore is something that can transport ions across cell membranes. Put another way, ionophores are ion carriers that increase the rate of ion transport across cell membranes. Certain polyphenols from plants behave as ionophores. Most significant, many of the polyphenol ionophores kill viruses, and you can boost your virucidal ionophores with some simple dietary supplements. The effects can be amazing when the transported element is zinc and the polyphenols come from a pomegranate. Both zinc and polyphenols from the pomegranate rind, called punicaligans and elagic acid, demonstrate virucidal activity alone. When pomegranate polyphenols are taken together with common, inexpensive forms of zinc, such as zinc sulfate, zinc citrate, zinc picolinate, zinc aspartate, zinc lactate, zinc stearate, or zinc gluconate, virucidal potential can be increased four to five and a half times. What viruses are susceptible? COVID-19 hasn't been tested yet, but those that have been 
implied that pomegranate punicaligans and other polyphenols from a variety of plants can inhibit influenza viruses, herpes viruses, pox viruses, human immunodeficiency virus, and enteroviruses that can generate a diverse array of neurological diseases such as aseptic meningitis, encephalitis, poliomyelitis-like paralysis, and even death. The infectivity of these viruses appears to be inhibited by the polyphenols as they 1. block viral attachment to cells, 2. block the penetration of host cells by the virus, and 3. inhibit viral enzymes necessary for the multiplication of viral particles. Specifically, plant polyphenols block reverse transcriptase and protease activity. Now, reverse transcriptase and protease enzymes deliver the commands from the virus to the host cell's DNA, telling the cell to make more of the virus. Punicaligans from pomegranate, proanthocyanidins from lingonberry and cranberry, and T polyphenols from black tea and green teas provide their antiviral properties in these ways. Polyphenols including quercetin and epigallocatechin gallate, or EGCG, are well-known antioxidants found in many plants, teas, and botanical extracts. That has become widely known over the last two decades, but only since 2014 has it been known that they bond positively charged zinc ions to form ionophores, transporting zinc cations through the outer cell membrane. That means quercetin, EGCG, punicaligans, and other polyphenols rapidly increase biologically active zinc inside the cell. And zinc despises viruses. They don't get along well at all. Zinc may not stop a virus from attaching to a cell's outer membrane the way a polyphenol might, but it inhibits viral entry into the host cell and suppresses the ability of cells to support viral replication. Among polyphenols, not only have quercetin, epigallocatechin gallate, and pomegranate punicaligans shown themselves to inhibit and reduce infectivity of multiple viruses by themselves, but camphorol, luteolin-7-glucoside, curcumin, D-methoxycurcumin, naringenin, apigenin-7-glucoside, oleuropein, and catechin also look to have the best potential to act as COVID-19 antagonists. A study submitted on March 13, 2020, shows that these polyphenols attach to the main protease enzyme of the COVID-19 virus, interfering with its function. That enzyme is necessary for the final step in the production of mature, new, functional viruses. Many polyphenols love to attach themselves to COVID-19's main protease enzyme. Sticking plant polyphenols to the protease is somewhat like fitting an Olympic sprinter with concrete boots. The plant polyphenols I itemized can be found in garlic, turmeric, kale, beans, tea, spinach, broccoli, olive leaves and fruit, grapefruit, bergamot, sour orange, tart cherries, tomatoes, cocoa, parsley, onions, celery, thyme, green peppers, chamomile, and many more plants. So learn to enjoy vegetables. The diversity they lend to a diet can be expected to support health and resistance to disease. More important, we have a team of synergistic actors, plant polyphenols and zinc, whose joint effect combating viruses is greater than each alone by factors ranging from four to five and a half times. Each is antiviral on its own, and even more potent in the form of zinc ionophores 
they rapidly increase zinc inside the cell, thereby mounting a robust response to viral infection. And now we anticipate these synergistic actions of polyphenols and zinc will apply against COVID-19. But both polyphenols and zinc must be in the diet for your defense against COVID to remain strong. Withholding either quickly diminishes the levels of defensive zinc inside cells. Consistent dietary supplementation, then, should help boost your body's resistance to viral infection. Zinc in almost any form, I prefer Krebs cycle, orotate, or aspartate, at 15 milligrams per day, matched to 250 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams of high-quality punicalogen-rich pomegranate extract, nanocorsetin or phytosome quercetin, nanocurcuminoids, rapeseed extract, olive leaf and fruit extract, high EGCG green tea extract, cranberry extract, and others will help strengthen viral resistance. Some further advice may be needed here. If you choose to use supplements to boost your antiviral ionophores, you should be able to find most of the botanical extracts mentioned in your local health food store or natural foods co-op. Consult with their wellness department specialists to find extracts from Spain, Italy, France, and Germany manufactured to European Union standards. India also produces some high-quality extracts, mostly related to their heritage of Ayurvedic medicine. Nano-sized extracts are repeatedly shown to have superior bioavailability, but their commercial availability in the consumer market is limited. A reliable source for nano-curcumin, nano-grapeseed extract, and nano-quercetin is One Planet Nutrition. Find them online at oneplanetnutrition, all as one word, dot com. And if anxiety or depression is beginning to build as the U.S. struggles with the COVID-19 pandemic, I recommend visiting ellen.online for their natural anti-anxiety formula, Serenity. Ellen is spelled E-L-I-N, ellen.online. Taken as directed, it can adjust brain chemistry to quell anxiety and lift depression without side effects. Thanks for listening. Our theme music is by the Camden Jazz Trio. You can find episodes of the Healthy Geezer podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podcast Gang, Radio Public, and wherever you go to access podcasts. Episodes as well as written transcripts of the podcast, plus blogs on additional topics on health and nutrition, are also available at our website, www.marktimmon.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend to tune in to the Healthy Geezer podcast, and be sure to subscribe by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast directory's platform. If you have any questions, I will do my best to answer them. Just send an email to mark at marktimmon.com. That's Mark with a K and Timmon with one M. All as one word, M-A-R-K-T-I-M-O-N dot com. Mm-hmm.